get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's head to the Brown Crouppen Celebrity Line and head into the Blues booth with the voice of your St. Louis Blues, Chris Kerber, joining us on a Monday morning, as he always does, on 101 ESPN. Kerbs, how you doing? Randy, doing well today. How are you? Everything's good. I'm, I'm intrigued by all these former Blues and St. Louisans that are still in the playoffs. And I think that's one of the reasons that I'm so intrigued by the the Golden Knights, even though I hate Peter DeBoer, I, I want Revo and I want Stastny <laughs> to do well. And that's an interesting series with the way that the Blues played against Vancouver to see the Golden Knights step up and just kind of blow them away in the third period was really impressive. Yeah. See, that's, that's the part that I, I've always found frustrating over the years is if you, you know, there, there's there's playing really well and losing, right? And and that's going to happen. So, I mean, sometimes the game's just not going to go your way. You're not going to get some breaks. But then there's what happened with the Blues this year in the first round, and it wasn't playing very well and losing, and it was a team that was beatable. And, and to me, those are the frustrating ones, the, the, the ones that irritate you more, because I don't know that the Blues would have beaten the Vegas Golden Knights in seven games. I do know it could have been one hell of a series. And um, I, the way you look at it, they don't get that chance. So, you know, it, there's some really some good rooting interest on just about all the way through with, with the rest of these teams. I was thinking this morning, though, I'm like, man, you realize, like, like Las Vegas was a really bad five-minute major call and then a, just a, a penalty kill that faltered away from going at least to the second round, if not even further uh, I mean, for the first three years of its existence. It's it really phenomenal what they've done since they came into the week. Um, Curbs, one of the things that we've constantly been talking about, obviously, is Alex Petrangelo and his future with or without the Blues. But one of the things that I'm really intrigued in is Justin Falk. We had Army on at the end of last week, and I asked him to evaluate Justin Falk's first season with the Blues, and he said, you know, paraphrasing, not exactly as we expected it would be, but he also really acknowledged, hey, we didn't give him a, a consistent role, a more defined role. Based on what you saw out of him this season, do you think if the Blues were to take that step that you would see Justin Falk be more of the player that they thought that they acquired? Yeah, you know, when Joe Vitale broke his game down in the first round, he thought he might have been our most consistent defenseman in the playoffs this year. So, I, I, I agree. I mean, we were saying it for quite a while on the air that the, the, one of the issues that we think that there was there with Justin Falk was he didn't have a home. I mean, that, and that was the way I was putting it. it uh, he's you're on the right side on a on the third pair with with Vince Dunn. You're on the left side with Colton Pareko. You're on the left side with Alex Petrangelo. At one point, he was on the right side with Colton Pareko. I mean, there's just so many different places. Um, he wasn't out there, you know, penalty killing. 
in, in that first group every single time, although, I mean, he was doing some penalty killing. Obviously, he was used to playing on the power play with Carolina. Now, very little power play time here. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know that he ever really truly got comfortable in that role and, and, and kind of, I don't even, and, and I guess we don't even know what role it is. I guess that, that's more your point there. So, yeah, I agree with, with Army in that. It was just the way the defense shook out this year, it was just really hard, I think, for him to kind of know exactly. You know what's expected, but I think it's hard to find any kind of a rhythm with the way that part was going there. So if Petrangelo does leave, I, I would expect a much more consistent role and scenario out of Justin Falk without a doubt. No doubt about it, but if they're able to find a way to keep Petro curbs, I look at the the year, the overall year that Justin Falk had, and we can uh, you, you take in the 70 that they played during the regular season and then the 8 during the playoffs, but even if he had played like he did in Carolina with a flat cap, that's going to be a difficult contract to move. I don't know that there's teams out there that are prepared to add that sort of a contract right now, and I think that's another thing that makes it prohibitive for the Blues to keep Petro. Well, and and I don't think that in the interview that I did with Doug Armstrong, I, I don't necessarily think that it's one or the other. I mean, when he mentioned the core defensively for this group, he mentioned Petrangelo, Pareko, and Falk. You know, I mean, so I'm, I'm not I'm not sure yet just how that part will shake out. Now, I mean, it does make a it, if you were to sign Petrangelo and you and you keep Justin Falk, I'm not sure how the Vince Dunn part works in there. You know, mm-hmm. so there. Uh, that, that that could end up being one more than the other. Now you've got a, a, a puck moving mobile guy in Perunovic, right? That that's coming along the way there. So I, and and then there's Mikolo who who was brought up too. It, to me, the defensive scheme of what's going to happen this off season is really fascinating. The, the bigger question to me along those lines, Randy, it ends up being if you if you do resign Petrangelo, are you in the same boat with Justin Falk? Or, I mean, can he get playing the left side figured out? Can, can a guy, and now Pareko didn't mind playing it. I asked him a lot about it. He said, you know, didn't bother him at all. He said some parts are actually easier. You know, so does Pareko maybe slide over, you know, either up with Petrangelo or on the left side, Falk on the right? Uh, I don't know that he ever looked completely comfortable on the left in terms of Justin Falk. So to me, if you do resign Petrangelo, and, and you know, coming in within a couple of years, you're looking at another raise for Pareko. You're talking about a scenario here where I'm not sure that three defensemen all making seven million or more at some point in time, mm-hmm. you know, with with any one of those guys potentially in your third pair is the way you're looking at it. Curbs is going to be an interesting puzzle for Army to figure out. But based on what you saw in the bubble, do you think that the Blues need to hang on to Jake Allen? Ooh, yeah, see that that's a real that's a great. I, I'm not sure that they can, so I, I guess I'm going with that. Look, I, I I think if if Jake wants to come back and you could hang on to him, the, the simple answer is yes. I mean, I, I think the, these two proved to be a really really good tandem together, and again, it's at an extremely manageable level at at just over nine million for the two of them, you know. And I always I keep comparing that to a a Carey Price or a Sergei Bobrovsky situation, you know, or along those kind of lines. So, but you've got Billy Husso on a one-way contract. So I think part of your evaluation process now is, do you think Billy Husso is ready to be a backup in the National Hockey League? The other side of it, though, is you just may not have much of a choice. 
you know, so first off, if you sign him to a one-way contract, you're going to take a chance, put him on waivers. There's a good chance you could lose the guy. And this is assuming that you don't make a move. The flip side is you're going to need you're going to need some cap space anyway. Even if you don't sign Petrangelo, you're going to need some cap space. And it looks like that plan and that scenario is the one that still kind of makes the most sense. Um, because the challenge is, Michelle, is if you, at least in my opinion here, if, if you keep Jake and you risk losing Huso, you're going to have to go find a backup somewhere else, uh, uh, somewhere along the lines. You're either going to have to sign for Springfield, and that's if the American League plays, right? Uh, or, or something or other, because your goaltending depth situation in terms of an experience level takes a really, really big hit there, and we all know that you can't have that. So, um, so the, the the evaluation of David Alexander, uh, our goalie coach of Billy Huso, I think to me is a critical piece to this offseason. And another part of this curbs is that you have to make a goalie available for Seattle next offseason, right? Well, there, yeah, there's that too. Now, and they, it's who you bring up and, and how you play that, right? So, um, you know, you play all this and they're the flat cap and then you've got the expansion draft. And they're going to be going with the same expansion draft rules that Las Vegas had. So, to keep it real simple, you'd have to expose one goalie. Uh, you could, what I think, I think it was three defensemen and six uh, and six forwards you could protect. Mm-hmm, right. So, you know, th- th- there's, yeah, part of that has to play a role in it and how you're going to move your roster forward. I, I think, man, I, if you go back and you look at Stanley Cup champion winners over the last six, seven years, and you look at some of the roster turnover that has, one, been uncontrollable because of salary cap or raises or what have you, the Blues are, in, uh, to me, another real intriguing window. When they lost, when they lost, uh, did, did lost to Colorado and didn't make the playoffs a couple years ago, I thought it was one of the most critical off seasons of Doug uh, Armstrong's tenure because the right move could get you going the right direction, the wrong move could get you going the other way, and obviously he made the right move. This one, to me, takes on another level because you can right now the salary cap and how this could all work out plus uh, an expansion draft on the other side, it has the chance to advance you right out of that window as much as you have a chance to keep yourself in it. And so I, I mean, it's, I, I guess in the end, I still come back to one simple thing. If this is going to continue to roll for the St. Louis Blues, some of those younger players are going to have to start filling in some, some roles and filling in some roles very effectively uh, because they're going to need some of those younger players to keep some cost certainty involved. Curbs, before we let you go, as we sit here right now getting ready for the Final Four, is there a team that you've picked out that you think is a clear favorite for the Stanley Cup? No, I, I don't know that there's a clear favorite. The, the Dallas Stars are intriguing me, you know, with, with what they're doing to Colorado. Now, Colorado's dealing with injuries. There's no Grubauer. There's no Johnson. You know, they're, they're definitely... Uh, they're nicked up and banged up, and they're showing, and, and that goalie change winds up being a, a critical hit for them. Uh, so, you know, Dallas is kind of coming together as a, as a complete team right now, which uh, makes them intriguing. Uh, the way Tampa is handling the way Tampa is handling the uh, the Boston Bruins is really impressive. Mm-hmm. But guys, I'm, I'm not. I mean, it's going to take something fierce to beat the, the New York Islanders. I mean, you just can't rule them out. There's nothing flashy. There's, there's nothing, you know, and I mean, there's a St. Louis on the team, which gives you a reason to root for him. Right. Uh, Barry Trotz is, is, is such a good guy. So there's another rooting interest, but, um, I, I, uh, if I would rank them right now, I would, I would rank them almost just because of the way they're defending. 
I would say Islanders, Vegas, Tampa, and then Dallas. If I were to rank them one through four in terms of chances, I just the way the Islanders are defending right now. I mean, it's it's the old Lou Lamorella way of winning a championship. No doubt. Curbs, always great to have you with us. We will hear you on our Blues-related programming during the course of the week. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Have a great start to the week, guys. Talk to you soon. You too. That's the voice of the Blues, Chris Kerber, joining us here on 101 ESPN. There's a lot that Doug Armstrong has to deal with. He's, he signed a bunch of guys. We When we talked to him last week, he talked about the value and I read it as necessity of keeping a guy like Jaden Schwartz around. I think that's a, another contract that the Blues have to look at this offseason because you've got him under contract for next year. I don't think you can afford to, to have with Tarasenko's and the lack of left wings on your roster. I don't think you can have, afford to have him walking into free agency next year. Army's got a list of questions, the length of a CVS receipt <laughs> that he's <laughs> got to deal with. It's really long <laughs> that he's got to deal with this offseason. That's Michelle. I'm Randy. Coming up, the fight on 101 ESPN.